All right. Um, I'm going to go grab another beverage, and I'll be right back. Uh, cool. <laughs> cool. Damn it! What'd you do? I hit my uh, hit my hit my funny bone. Oh, on the door not very frame. Funny. I'm not used to I'm not used to this house yet. So it was it was pretty funny to hear you say "God damn it" from across the room. I didn't know you could pick that up. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should include it in the podcast. That could be the beginning. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in and downloading all of these good things leading up to and including episode number 125 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, where our introductions make about as much sense as our titles. We are a podcast about video games. I am your host, Cole Ross. That's Cole with a K, and I am joined via Skype today by Dennis Furia, David Moneysmith, and Ben Merkel. Um, I'm sorry, Dennis. Uh, is that your Dennis? Is that what you said? Um, yeah, that's right. Who are you? Uh, I'm I'm this guy with a job. Oh, okay. Bam! <laughs> no, that oh was... God! Come out firing! Hold on one second. Can you get this for me? <laughs> the knife in your back? <laughs> you saw through. You saw right through it. Yeah, the whole gang, all the the the, the gang of four, are back together again. Oh, what do we have in store for you? We're going to have round number one being the quick hits for good stories. Uh, some of it out of Gamescom from yesterday and today over there in Cologne, Germany. Um, then we're also going to talk about in round two Cologne. what we have been slash are what what are we playing? Uh, so let's uh, you know not waste any more time and get right to it. It's now time for the quick hits where we talk about video game news in a very hasty fashion. Here's a coin sound. All right, so our first story is about Sony hardware. At their Gamescom keynote presentation, Sony finished out with some big announcements about their hardware. First, there will be a new, cheaper PSP coming out, dubbed the PSP E1000. It will have the form factor of the PSP 1000 through 3000 with a matte finish. This device will also have no Wi-Fi capabilities. It'll cost 99 euros and will only be avail available in PAL regions to begin with. It will launch sometime this fall. And no one knows why Sony is doing this, but we'll get to that uh, since we are on the clock here. Um, second, uh, the PS3 is getting a price drop. And um, I think I speak for myself when I say, yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, the the 160 gigabyte model slid to $250, with the 320 gigabyte model taking its place at 300, with a bundled copy of Infamous 2. The price drops are effective immediately, and um, I I had to pull some strings. Um, I, I'm sure we'll get to this at some point this episode, but my stuff got jacked. My apartment was yeah. broken into. Well, I guess R, um, because money spent lost some stuff too. But um, my. Yeah. My my altar, my my um my idol, my whatever you want to call it, my PS3, mm -hmm. um, the box of pleasure, um, was stolen uh, from me. <laughs> be careful! Be careful with that. Okay, yeah, I, I will be. Okay. Um, they weren't. They wrecked our room. But anyway, um, it got stolen, mm -hmm. and uh, so I, I wrote some letters. I pulled some strings. Got the price dropped. You're welcome, America. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, no. You, <laughs> we're holding a parade for you later. We have four minutes on the <laughs> clock. Size of the line. <laughs> I think 
I think the big question here is, Cole, are you going to get a PS3 now? I don't know. Um, considering I just moved back in with my parents, um, I don't know if I'm in a financial situation to do it. <laughs> but uh, no, it's definitely it's it's good. I mean, even that 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 uh, 300 to get the to get the bigger hard drive. That's a that that's a pretty uh, a pretty t- uh, tantalizing. Uh, tidbit as it were so every time they bring it down a little bit more it makes it it makes it more likely that i will get one um just uh depends on how economically advantaged i can be um uh, <laughs> i don't know i mean so you say move back in with parents i say saving uh, x amount a month on rent mm, yeah i also had to quit my jobs because i left the i left town so, Dang it! Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, no, that's good. And I mean, even the PSP—that's uh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> there, there, there was a there, there was a great tweet. Uh, Griffin McElroy from Joystick. He said something along the lines of. Uh, Sony releases PSP Go. It doesn't sell. So now they do the exact opposite. I, I don't understand why they would take Wi-Fi out of it. Does that little radio? Does that cost so much? As as. An electrical engineer, I can tell you, it does not. Yeah, well, well, the the PlayStation Network is such a really is such a great reason to to have the place the PSP because you can get all those old games and a lot of the PSN arcade ish games can play on the PSP as well. It's just kind of like uh, still the three thousand seems like the best option. No, you know no. what they really need to do? Probably the only thing they can do to make their product relevant is their next press release needs to be. We're rolling back all of the anti-piracy, anti-homebrew software. Why in the world would they do that? That's like a whole other show. <laughs> that's um, the, like that's on the top only of it. reason anyone bought the PSP is because you <laughs> could install a um, SNES emulator on it. Yeah, like that's the only reason people bought it, and then nobody bought any games. Then all the publishers uh, jumped ship, and that was the and and then no games were made for it. So the only reason people bought the machines, it's a big catch twenty two. But uh, piracy has been a huge, huge problem for the for the PSP. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure who this is supposed to who this is sp- supposed to satisfy, especially since they have stopped releasing a lot of games on UMD. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It feels like they were like, well, we've got the PS3 announcement and nothing else. So um, uh, let's let's rip the radio off the PSP and uh, and throw that out there. It's 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 like and then what the the PS Vita is coming out a little bit later on this uh, this year, too. I'm stoked for that, actually. So, yeah, it's you know, this is filler. This is definitely filler. Yeah. But uh, I, I guess it's it's a new thing. Everyone get excited? Yeah, it's a new thing. It's, See, a, it's a new piece of plastic. David. Have they, with the PS Vita, have they done anything to, um, quote-unquote, prove that it won't be another PSP? <laughs> no. No, they have not. Because, <laughs> I mean, the PSP you know, was a great piece of hardware. They just forgot you actually have to have good software for it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're addressing that by having a lot of first-party development behind it. I mean, look at their launch and launch window titles, uh, Uncharted, um, Little Big Planet, all of those things, as opposed to Untold Legends and a wrestling game uh, <laughs> on the uh, on the on the PSP One launch. Um, so I think that that is one thing. Um, leaving aside the fact that both the PS Vita and the 3DS are rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, which the iPhone uh, just sank about two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful metaphor. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I'm uh, talk when you own one. 
Uh, oh, <laughs> oh that, that's parting shots right there. <laughs> Fans of PC shooters will have plenty to be excited about come 2012 when um, Counter-Strike Global Offensive is slated for release. Um, the game's existence uh, was leaked by a third party and then um, Valve confirmed it. It's going to be released on Xbox Live Arcade, um, PlayStation Network, and Steam. Um, it'll have updated graphics, um, maps, weapons, and game modes. I'll be honest, um, Counter-Strike is quite possibly the worst game I've ever played in my life. Um, it's, it's, like every, it's like someone took everything that we learned about <laughs> how to make a good game in the last ten years, and decide to do the exact opposite. I'm gonna put. So, I'm gonna put three minutes on the clock, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ring this out here. Hey, Cole. Yeah. After he said that it was the worst game that he's ever played, can you like edit in a sound of like an atomic bomb dropping? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. And, I mean, no, it's a, it's a bold assertion, definitely for as popular as the game is. I mean, I have my I have my my quibbles with it, especially uh, given the community. Um, I just put three minutes on the clock, by the way. Um, but uh, I you know I was always more of a Team Fortress Classic man myself. Um, but I think the most interesting thing here is that they're deciding to bring it to consoles, uh, given that it's decidedly the most PC-ass PC yeah. game in the entire See, uh, goddamn world. Continue. I really, yeah. That's actually my favorite part of this, um, this announcement, because as a pro-PC person, I'm all about inflicting this plague upon the console. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, as, okay, you call it a plague. I mean, uh, most people who play Counter-Strike, they're kind of they're kind of like COD players. So they, 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 they play Counter-Strike and, and just... No, no, I mean... Uh, oh. the, the, Venn, the Venn diagram, I don't know. Um, but they but they kind of, they, they tend to stick with it. In fact, most Counter-Strike players that I know of aren't even playing the most recent version of the game. They're playing 1.6, which was released back in like 2000. Uh, 2003 uh, still so I mean there's there's a good chance that the majority of those people if that is indeed what your you know one of your criticisms of the of the game is that those those people those people won't even come along so what'll be left is kind of an updated modernized you know interpretation of those maps which I think they were good maps you know that's just me I don't I, I don't know yeah I mean from what I remember you know the maps themselves were um we're good. It just, I don't know, it seemed like the game wasn't so much about actually being fun or having decent gameplay. It was about um, people found a game they could were really good at winning about, and yeah. <laughs> it was the people that have to win to feel all right about themselves. Oh, but that's that's any A, competitive game, and B, first-person shooter in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, by the time, you know, by the time most people get into these communities, you know, the, the, the stuff is so codified that there's really no chance to, you know, get over the learning curve. So that way, you know, if you if you decide to purchase dual Desert Eagles on a Lark, everybody's going to kick you off the kick you off the map. I don't know if that's a problem with the game. I think that's I think that's definitely a problem with the community and the people that have kind of like flocked to it. Yeah, I guess maybe it's just, you know, it's obviously was heralded as the greatest game ever made, and I found it to be just, I don't know, just people playing it for nostalgia, and I don't know, I was disappointed. I don't know. I, I think I think Counter Strike. I think you know two thousand one, two thousand two, right after it first came out and got a lot of steam and was put in and, and was put into the Half Life box. 
um, and, and for the for the time and place before any console was taken online for shooting, it was it was a, it was a pretty pretty big thing. Yes, it's antiquated as all hell right now, but uh, hopefully they can address that and maybe uh, maybe a better community will uh, rise up out of it as opposed to people who were you know just crawling around on Slashdot back in the uh, back in the early aughts. Do we have any final thoughts on this, Ben or Dennis? You didn't or, or you didn't uh, have anything? In I don't. I don't think there's ever going to be a good community with the first-person shooters, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't enough. know. I mean, ba- Battlefield, I I had some pretty... I don't know. I'm, I met a lot of people playing Battlefield that were decent human beings. Team Fortress 2. There you go. Yeah. Sure. I, I will not add, since I haven't played any of those, but uh, I certainly won't try to get my feet wet on PSN. Yeah. So, uh, Arkham City, what do you guys think about it? I want it. Awesome. I do, too. I'm really excited about it. But anyway, news about Arkham City came out this week. Uh, Rocksteady announced that it's going to have full 3D support. So, for those tens of people that have a 3D television... (laughs) (laughs) They actually named all ten of them in the press release. It was great. (laughs) I know. They were... Yeah. All right. They're going to be able to play this game in 3D, then, uh, for (laughs) PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and PC. Um, And the game will also support uh, anaglyphic 3D with the red and blue glasses on any HDTV. I am so happy that that has the name. That made my entire day. You didn't know that? No. I I called it, like, that red and blue... 3d thing classic it's 3d classic i'm gonna put i'm gonna put three minutes on the clock here so yeah i mean this is something that rocksteady did with the with the game of the year edition of um arkham asylum i always get the two of those mixed up because they both have arkham in the in in the title uh yeah that actually had anaglyphic 3d built into it as well i don't i never heard anything about how it works but it was a thing I didn't even know there was a game of the year edition for arkham asylum yeah uh, they put it out had all the dlc with it like the challenge it, maps and stuff. It had regular 3D as well, right? Like for for uh, people small small install base at that point, <laughs> but those with 3D capabilities on their PCs, I think. I'm not sure. Do 3D. Yeah. Actually, I I don't know, but don't most PCs support 3D? I mean, I thought it was just a matter of if you can process it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know um Modern Warfare 2 was was 3D um a long long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I believe um, Battlefield Bad Company was. It hinges on the on the GPU ops, um, but also on the monitor. Uh, the way that most monitors trick uh, tra- trick their way into 3D, even if they're not quote unquote 3D uh, displays. Uh, TVs are basically just monitors now, so that point that that distinction is put aside. <laughs> um, if the monitor can display at uh, 120 hertz. What it does is um, it will alternate the frames. So mm-hmm. on one cycle it'll be the left eye, and the other cycle will be the right eye. And then it just it's just a matter of do you have active shutter glasses that will uh, that will you know do their little magic to make your left eye see only the even numbered frames and your right eye see only the odd numbered frames. So that's that that's kind of the kludge that's been effect that's been in effect uh, for, for for forever basically. Um, at least as far as active shutter glasses uh, go, um, a lot of new TVs are doing like the real D kind of thing, where it's uh, where it's polarized, uh, the 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 light that they send out. But uh, I think that this is how it has worked in the past. 
Yeah, and tens of people have taken advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's 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 interesting to see uh, a developer like this with a with a huge title, or I don't even know how huge it is because I still want to see it as a bit of a scrappy underdog kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making three D such a priority that they're that they're spending dev time to make it like a a, a back of the box or even front of the box feature. Yeah, for sure. I so you know I I think it's awesome that you'd be able to you know tape some uh, red and blue plastic wrap over some cardboard and, and actually get the 3D experience <laughs> on this thing. Well, the question would be, I mean, who among us? I assume all of us are going to at least attempt to play Arkham, Arkham City. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Will, will you play it in 3D or will you or will you play it 2D? I'll probably play that, it 2D. Me as well. well that, that was going to be my if, follow-up. If my job happens to be like, hey, have... An extra ten thousand dollars or whatever it costs to buy a three D TV. Oh no, I mean I'm talking about the anaglyphic three D, um, not the not oh. the you know the three D three D. See, do it a manual. Doesn't that inherently make you have to see it in like crazy crappy colors and stuff? That's like the problem, that? and that's the problem with three D in general too. Is that there there is no way to uh, not take the overall luminosity of the screen down a couple of f stops. Um, you know, I'm tired of your negativity. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my. If I can, I heard the timer, so I'm going to throw out my final thought. Okay, is I remember um, uh, Arkham Asylum being such a claustrophobic game. I mean, there there were definitely those outside vistas, but the parts that I remember were, you know, running around the sewers and and kind of through the through the grates. I remember it being so claustrophobic that I I, I don't really think that would translate well to 3D. Maybe maybe that's um, irrational, but. Uh, it doesn't seem like the first game I would think of for 3D. And now I'm a 3D whore, so kudos for <laughs> for doing it. But I, I don't know if this is the game that I would really champion 3D with. Well, Detective Vision, those UI elements would be pretty neat. With the, yeah, with the I really can't think of that many scenarios where 3D would really add that much to a game. I mean, I could see some amazing like indie puzzle games doing the whole 3D thing. But hmm. for the most part, I mean, I'm pro you know any advance in graphics but i don't see how they say it's actually a big deal yeah normal normal mapping doesn't add a lot of uh, a lot of gameplay value either but it's it sure is nifty i think i yeah. think the final thought for me is i don't want anything to distract me from just playing the game so. <laughs> i think i think ultimately ben is the one with the most skin in the game Mm-hmm. It, it's it, like Ben is is like Bart at Camp Krusty. Everybody else has given up hope that Krusty's going to show up, but, <laughs> but but you're but you're still there. You just uh, you you have faith. I I hope it doesn't suck. No, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. Don't worry. It's going to be good. Okay. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> Now it's time for the rapid fire segment of the quick hits, a subset, if you will, where uh, there are a bunch of things that aren't even big enough to be quick hits even. So I take them and I put them out, uh, read them as quickly as possible. Then why don't we just uh, take a go around? So if you don't have anything to say about it, pass. If you do, just uh, offer your offer your two cents and we'll just work our work our way around it. OK, first one. Mad Cats will be reissuing, reissuing Rock Band 3 and all of its instruments this holiday season, lining up nicely with the dissolution of the game's former publisher, MTV Games, and Mad Cats attempting to get into the publishing business. I'm very bitter towards Mad Cats because of all the stupid controllers they've made. Yes. That's they, Yeah, that's, that's the only thing I know Mad Cats for is controllers that, like, crapped out after the first week, so meh. 
Yeah, I, I always wondered how it was possible to make bad controllers. I mean, it's <laughs> humanity's been doing that since what, like World War what two? <laughs> I will I will issue a rebuttal. That is definitely the the uh, um, the reputation that Mad Cats has had, but they've also been manufacturing all rock band um, instruments since 2008, since Rock Band 2. Uh, the first round of rock band instruments that I have, all of them eventually broke. Uh, this most recent round that I have, they're all solid and they all work very, very well. So um, it's just good to see that uh, that the software is going to be put out again because uh, it was getting kind of scarce. Is it getting, is it getting any sort of updates? Uh, no. But, I mean, it gets weekly updates with the DLC. Oh, they're still doing like, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Holy crap. They're putting out they're putting out like six or seven songs a week. I feel like this kind of shows a lot of business savvy because I don't see Rock Band 3 actually being something that would just sell. On the other hand, it seems like a really good, you know, holiday season buy for someone as a gift game. And traditionally. So I mean this seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah. Money, I'll get you over to the dark side yet. On Guitar Hero? Of marketing. Number two, Fortress Craft, an Xbox Live indie game that is a direct clone of Minecraft, made its first million dollars last week. How do you guys feel about plagiarism? Is that How... is that really a question? <laughs> <laughs> How does Notch feel about plagiarism? Like, as he said, this is stupid, or is he like, meh, it was a good idea, so why not? He's maintained radio silence on Twitter. I haven't seen him comment uh, to any huh. of that effect. All, so of how direct are we talking? What's that? How direct are we talking? Uh, do do a look up on some uh, on some um, screenshots and videos. It seriously is. It's uh, it's it's Minecraft. Hmm. I played it. I mean, it's Minecraft except with uh, with a very scaled back survival mode. Hmm. But no, it speaks to the speaks to the lack of really any kind of policing or peer review on the Xbox Live indie game market. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, nothing that I've played that's been really worthy of comment, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully that'll change sometime. Uh, but uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff just kind of gets through on there, which is bad. Ben? Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot to comment on it because I haven't played either. And... Wow. Yeah, you should probably check out Minecraft. That's a, that's a good time. And uh, let's see here, number three, and finally this one's closest to my heart. Amnesia, The Dark Descent, has sold... 400,000 copies since its launch in 2010. Uh, might not sound like much, but this is actually substantially higher than the developer Frictional Games, uh, their dream estimate of 100,000 copies over the game's lifetime. So my question for you guys is, why have none of you played this game? I actually have a very good reason for that. <laughs> you, um, you enjoy sleep? And this game, <laughs> from what I've read, broke the cardinal number one single and only rule of survival horror games and okay. it's thou shalt not utilize spider horror <laughs> <laughs> like if i see at some moment that there are no longer spiders in the game i will buy it at that instant <laughs> i don't remember there ever being spiders there are spider webs like as part of the ooh creepy castle aspect but like no the, none of the enemies are spiders then I may need to buy this. Yeah, like right away, <laughs> like as soon as possible. Dennis, why I, haven't you I, played this? Uh, because I forgot that it was a thing, okay. actually. Do it. Put it on I, your to-do list. Go. 
I, I should. I should. No, I, I'm just. I'm entertained by the fact that David assumes that a survival horror game has spiders and will avoid it until proven otherwise. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. No, I'm sorry. I've got wrong. I'm thinking um, Nocturne. My bad. Oh, I don't. I don't know Nocturne. Apparently, also good, but also very spidery. Okay. But, um, okay. My, no, um, mainly because I didn't know it was the thing. Yeah. No. No. Amnesia is a great uh, constipation aid. Ben, why haven't you? <laughs> yeah, when did this turn into an amnesia intervention? <laughs> I feel very I, uncomfortable right now. I had now. all of you trapped. I'm no. checking. I'm checking for all the exits in the room right now. <laughs> They're no, covered. He, I have. I have not played this game, okay. and, and when we get to what I've been playing, I probably will be a while before I play this game. Okay. All right. There is okay. one thing actually in the game that has bother me from people I've talked to, and that is I've been told you can't kill the monsters. Oh, no, 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 you can't. See, and that, I don't know, that that just, that's a big turnoff for me in a in a well, in a horror game. I don't know. I just, I like it because, uh, because video games are traditionally about making you feel empowered and this does everything in its power to make you just feel as defenseless as possible, and, it, and See, it's very, but I feel like very much towards making the purpose. It, impossible to kill monsters is cheating like if they if they make it so i can kill monsters but it's a very bad idea it's you know not worth it i'm cool with that but i just don't like the whole you can't do i don't know you know what else i hate is when a game makes it so that you can't run through walls i mean i'm okay (laughs) if it's really hard to run through the wall and maybe not worth it but damn wait wait but in real life you can't run through walls however you can kill everything Oh, not these monsters. You can't kill Superman. Ooh. Yes, yes, you can. Kryptonite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only certain colors, though. It's weird. They complicated it. So, yeah, Amnesia. I, I mean, whatever your reservations are, watch where to go on sale on Steam. Um, it gets my highest recommendation. It's definitely one of my favorite games to have come out in the past couple of years. So. Good little guy. Yeah. So guys, what you been playing? I say this looking squarely at Dennis. Yeah, I'm playing Get Your Shit Stolen. <laughs> Ooh. I think I think that we've alluded to the story. Um, oh man! But but we haven't we haven't elucidated it. You, you don't have to go into embarrassing amounts of detail. But uh, needless needless to say, uh, you are minus several possessions. Yeah, I came home and my shit was stolen. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's the story. Yeah. Um, apparently, apparently they came in through a window. Um, that was that's a Beatles song. Continue. It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's also that's also my go-to move on ladies' night. But uh, <laughs> to not wake up Dennis or not wake up David, <laughs> something like that. Um, but I'm so, letting that one slide. <laughs> yeah. That'll just get creepier the more you think about it. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm minus a PS3, I'm minus an HDTV. Uh, David is actually minus an Xbox. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also minus my laptop. So all I had to play was um, Gasp, a PS2. Hey, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, but... but that's, uh, that, hint, that's all I've been playing this past like two weeks too, so... 
is there your is soul the- still conquered by um, Genesis, or not Genesis Golf? Wow, I've been watching too much. Um, <laughs> um, whatever golf, hot shots golf. Oh, yes, it is. Yes. No, I was on the 18th hole. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <AG> bus. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I picked up this game. Basically, um, I have a vague memory of when I was young, like still in grade school, um, my younger brother being complete, completely addicted to this golf game for like months. It was all he'd do. He'd yell and scream at the TV. Um, <laughs> he'd he'd uh, play it all the time. Um, and I, I never knew what the deal was. Like, you know, it was just this thing that he played and I discovered it in the, uh, in the back of a corner. It's like, it's like Jumanji. Have you guys seen that movie? Yeah. yeah. Robin Williams. <laughs> and so, so it floated my way, um, this time. <laughs> and, uh, so it's this PS2, uh, golf game called hot shots golf three. Oh, I love that game. And, uh, and it's eaten my soul, um, <laughs> for the past couple, what has it been a month now? Yeah. About uh, for the past about a month. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've played it nonstop for a month. I haven't gone into work. I don't know if I'm still employed actually. So it's like Mario Kart golf. If you're looking for a way to to state the premise. Although I love, I love the characters and the quote unquote (laughs) storyline. Yeah. It's very Japanese. Hey, you know, (laughs) Oh, me go back to China. (laughs) That's an actual thing that a golfer says. If you beat her, what? Yeah. If you if you be there's like oh, this wow. uh, karate girl, um, not karate because that's Japan, but wushu whatever girl um, that you play in golf, and if you if you beat her, she goes, oh, let me go back to China. It's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you do, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I said. That is, what I yeah, said yeah. I'm gonna get up on the tee. I'll send you there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was really good, man. Yeah, no, I should have been I'm there. I'm impressed. That's awesome. <laughs> you should have been there. Can I can I actually have you come over to my house and just comment? Um Let's yeah, let's stage that. Come on. Let's do it. Let's let's have that. Can you do the creepy golf um commentator voice though? Now it looks like Dennis is using the multi ball power up. Lining up the shot. Uh, when he overshoots it and he goes into the puddle of the puddle of rubber duckies. You need to you need to make it sound more like you're whispering seductively into someone's ear. Oh man! <laughs> there it is. Yep, that's it. Dennis walks up to his bag and brandishes his wood. He's right on the end of it. <laughs> Dennis steps up to the hole. Stop! Stop! Please stop! I'm uncomfortable. Oh, gently, no, no, bringing it back a little bit further, a little like, further. I don't want to do this anymore. Ah, there we go. It's okay. Wow. DTR violation edition. <laughs> I need their adult. <laughs> go, go, go ahead. Talk about talk about hot shots. I mean, what's it to say? It's a it's a golf game, and it's horribly. No. Thing. And, and um, like hot shots, it's amazing because it's a bastion of like the old style of golf game. Because ever since Tiger Woods two thousand three four ish, it's all been analog stick back, analog stick forward. You hit. Oh, whereas like, whereas hot shots is you press a button, you time it, and then you and then you time it again, and then that determines where you go. Yeah, Wait, they they really got rid of the whole like power bar thing. Yeah, you you don't do it like it, it's it's all mimicking the backstroke with the with the right analog stick, which has its charm. But you, you know, 
I think that as far as you know the addict the addictiveness and the stickiness of old style golf games, that was a, that was a big a big part of it was the timing mm-hmm. mini game. I, I, actually, that'll bring me to my my one complaint about this game. I haven't said anything good about it yet. Um, we just had Cole making <laughs> us all horribly uncomfortable. <laughs> so I I love this game. I've I've played the hell out of this like game. A like a like a brother completely platonically Cole um but <laughs> when you when you get into the situation maybe it's supposed to be this way I don't know but when you get um kind of close to the green you're trying to to kind of pitch onto the green mm-hmm. um you know you you select your your distance your club that gives you your distance this this is just going to expose how little I know about golf <laughs> um but one uh, stick yeah, you grab the one stick and um, you try to get it in the hole. No, that's that's another game. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is in fact. I'm, I'm going to be shocked if any of this discussion actually makes sound. This show. Oh, I know. all of it. I'm not. I'm not touching a single second. <laughs> uh. I, feel like, I feel like I'm stalling out. Anyway, um, it can be hard to judge distances because they only give you four markers so if a if a club will go max distance 100 yards you'll get mm-hmm. a um a marker on the power bar for um 175 um 50 and 25 um and then you know you're given the distance to the hole but there's really very little guidance beyond that and so i find myself literally doing math equations ben you'll be so happy mm-hmm. um, every time i want to i want to make a shot and so i'm um, i'm kind of saying okay so this is three quarters and this is a hole and the the hole uh, the you know the hole that i'm trying to get to is uh two-fifths of the way between three quarters and a hundred percent power and i know that if the hole is at this distance then i want and it, it just like it if if you're trying to play it to unwind, you're going to do a lot more thinking than you would expect from a cartoony golf game. That's why I play first-person shooters. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to unlock, and uh, I'm not getting any trophies from it. That makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there, there there is a Hot Shots game for the PlayStation Three. Ah, uh, I believe it. Yeah. Um, I might have to go get it after this. I mean, <laughs> but it's um, I've I've only played three of the five courses, and it's you know the the third one already has gotten incredibly difficult. So I can't wait to try the the next two. Yeah. Um, there's a very robust tournament structure. Um, there's a very robust kind of match play system to unlock characters, and um, apparently at one point there were online tournaments. You get that as a loading screen. It says, you know, go to whatever website to sign up for tournaments. Oh, the servers are probably long gone, but that would have been fun. Oh, that would have been so cool. And that's that's probably the one thing I will say, because there's really not much to... There's not, you know, a, a gimmick or a thing for this game. It's it's kind of cartoony. <laughs> overall, it's it's just really cool golf courses with cartoony characters, you know? Um, but... And where was I going to go with this? do 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 Phenomena. <laughs> do do do, dude! I just completely lost my train of thought. Well, I will say, if you like um, golfing games on the PS2, uh, one of my favorite games on the uh, on the one of my favorite golfing games on the PS2, it's called Ribbit King. Ribbit that, King. That Ribbit. just sounds awesome. Like uh, like like frogs. Um, it's frog golf. It's frolf. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> 
That is Jesus not scroll. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, yeah. You basically you play a you play a frog and you choose the strength of the jump and then all the the the. It's fairly technical for being a frog golfing game, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's cute. I'm, I'm just sure. Yes. That I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a look up at, at a retail establishment. Um, Someone should oh, no, make it's, a it's really cheap game for Wii. Huh. Oh yeah, using the Motion Plus. Yeah, I think they had that on. Uh, they had one of those on the uh, Wii Sports Resort. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have they? Have they? Are they still making Tiger Woods games? Oh yeah. But most of them are doing the motion control now. <laughs> so it's like if you you play the game you. You know, get the best ending and come in seventy fourth. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> yeah, um, used copies of Ribbit King uh, for PS two are forty cents on uh, on Amazon. Holy snap! Yeah, right. Ben, you were here last time. This means it is your honor, David. All right. Um, actually, been playing two things. Um, picked up on Steam an indie game called um, I. Divine Cybermancy. <laughs> um, it's a um, indie um, source engine game made by some development studio over in France. It's a fairly decent game, but I have no idea what it's about. Um, <laughs> it's um, most people have described it as being like Deus Ex, the um, except um, co-op. So it's a first-person shooter with. Um, fairly significant RPG elements and um, you have like various crazy cybernetic powers but also crazy like psychic powers and also like crazy future weapons mm, okay um, so basically you're just some like awesome badass that can like jump 30 feet straight up and you know, like, possess people and hack people and make them explode. All sorts of completely nonsensical things. Okay. And then um, the actual storyline, um, as near as I can tell, um, you're a member of some, like, crazy Assassin's Creed-like organization. Okay. And you're trying to fight this repulsive, um, repressive government while also dealing with these, like, supernatural monsters that are apparently maybe also the nature trying to go all the happening on you. Okay. Um, (laughs) But I think the best part of it is um, none of this is explained whatsoever. You just kind of drop into the game and it's like, have fun. Yeah. So it's it's honestly it's one of those games where um in terms of, you know, I guess I'm now supposed to say if it's a good game or not and I honestly it entirely depends on if they meant to do the things they did or if it's just accidental. Because on it the has... one hand like it very blatantly is like I have no idea what's going on. It's completely user unfriendly. You know, it's you know a very indie feeling game. Right. So on the one hand, like that may just be you know them being a crappy game, but on the other hand, like it truly does legitimately create this scenario where I'm involved with all these you know secret societies, and I truly have no idea if like I'm fighting on the right side or if this is all some massive um, 
conspiracy where I'm being used to oppress people, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Hmm. So I can't, I can't quite tell on the one hand, sometimes it just comes across like they have no idea what they're trying to um, do, you know, M. Night Shyamalan style. While on the other hand, um, sometimes it comes across like they're really trying to create this sort of, you know, ultra surreal setting. So I will say it's a fairly decent um, first person shooter. It's fun having all these crazy superpowers. Mm-hmm. And it definitely um, bullseyes the whole surrealism thing. Okay. Um. The other game I've been playing is well. I mean, let's 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 sure. spend some time on this, um, yeah, just because. I, I mean, t- tell me tell me if this is accurate or not. But does it seem like it's trying to tell too complicated of a story for a co-op focused game? See, the thing is, um, it's kind of, I I haven't played it co-op just because I generally like to play through the storyline before yeah. I go co-op. Um, like the, so you, the the analogy that I can think of is like if you're walking through a public space that's like a museum with somebody who's already been there, and yeah. you're stopping to read all the plaques on the displays because it's interesting. The other person is kind of like just like abiding you. Right. I, exactly. I feel like I can't exactly. stop and smell the roses because oh, I'm playing a game with somebody as opposed exactly. to kind of immersing myself and taking and taking time to kind of enjoy or in this case decipher what's happening. <laughs> right. Is is right. that accurate? Exactly. Okay. But, I mean, it definitely is a case where, like, I want to say their development team is, you know, something like, say, like 10 guys. And mm-hmm. it's definitely a very big um, game that probably they couldn't quite pull off. Mm-hmm. Well, the production value looks really high based on the screenshots I'm clicking around and seeing here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. It's, <sighs> I would say, like, if I had to go with my gut feeling, what I think it is, is it's a game that very much is supposed to tap into kind of a surrealism type of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, that makes it kind of hard to, you know, you know it's just like when you get done with watching um, 2001 Space Odyssey, the vast mm-hmm. majority of people see it and they're like, that was a really great movie. I have no idea what just happened. Which <laughs> is to Kubrick's point. Right. Like, right. like one, one of the things I like is apparently the um, monsters you're supposed to be fighting are meant to be like this representation of things that like scare of, you know, your fear, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the monsters I've fought so far have been like this weird, like four-armed, like praying mantis monster. This little, like shell-headed, like climb through the vents alien type thing. Yep. A um, werewolf and some random chick with like blinds or like uh, band bandages over her eyes and assault rifle. Okay. So it's one of those things where, like, on the whole. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean, but yeah, that that does kind of look like what I imagine my subconscious might look like if it was trying to just pull up weird images that creep me out. Yeah, which is good design, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it does do a good job of, you know, each level is a different um, setting. It does a good job of, you know, I've been in, like, alien-style, like, 
you know, abandoned facilities, um, mega cities, you know, um, alien ruins. So, you know, it does a good job. Okay. Uh, what else have you been playing? The other thing I've been playing is actually a um, Twitter slash Facebook game called Echo Bazaar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a um, one of those you know limited number of turns per day type games set in. The plot line is that it's a Victorian um, London that was um, captured and taken down to the depths of hell, and it's kind of this weird like combination of like gothic um horror victorian um you know fiction sherlock holmes stuff like that and kind of hp lovecraft okay but the overall feeling is you know very light very um kind of dark humor so for example um one of the plot elements is since it's right next to um hell no one can actually die they can just, you know, they get killed and then, you know, their soul kind of walks back across the, the river sticks. So, it, <laughs> you know, there's sort of this weird, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're bored. So let's all, like, take names and then, you know, murder each other and see who's the last person standing. You know, okay. you know this weird kind of um, aesthetic. So it's like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing? Yeah, that's kind of the feeling you get. Okay. So... It's, you know, it's very, very basic gameplay, but amazing, amazing um, story, amazing world building. So it's it's worth playing just for that. Well, that's cool. Any final thoughts on those before we move on to uh, to Mr. Uh, to Mr. Merkel? I'll take that as a no. Do you have a cricket yeah. sound effect? <laughs> I can, uh, for, for freesound.org. It's amazing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was playing Echo Bazaar. <laughs> Um, Ben, what's up? So I got Fallout New Vegas. Oh, nice. Here we go. It's I'm gonna cool. one second. I'm gonna rub my hands together. All right. Oh yeah. So we'll talk to you like in you know three weeks when you come <laughs> up out of the game. That, yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's my only. That's my only bother with the game is it takes forever to beat the game. Oh god, yeah. There's this a lot game's just so too good. I mean, they <laughs> need to make this game less good. <laughs> so thoughts. No, thoughts. It, it's cool. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's cool. It's an upgraded version of Fallout Three. So, mm-hmm. if you enjoy Fallout Three, you'll enjoy this. You walk <laughs> around, you vats people and blow their heads off and stuff. I already got the bloody it's mess. Perk. Oh yeah, bloody mess. Uh, yeah. I, I I I was not a big fan of that until I realized that five percent is actually a lot of damage. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I was a fan of it just because you shoot somebody in the head and their leg explodes. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many video games have that? The amazing rendering. Hydrostatic shock. Look up on Wikipedia. <laughs> sure. But yeah. uh, so far it's cool. You know, the story's probably more interesting despite not having Liam Neeson's voice in it. Yeah. But uh, You can pretend. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, but Obsidian... Despite all the flaws that they have with, uh, was it Q&A testing? Was Q- it? QA, quality assurance. Yeah. Despite all that, they do write, They do have good storylines. So I've already seen a handful of enemies be stuck in the ground, mm-hmm. and you shoot them, and then they fall through the map. So, <laughs> yes. Hey, radiation is a horrible thing. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> we don't fully understand it yet, Ben. 
Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but but uh, I mean, th- this game definitely from from the outset, it's far more open, I think, than 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 Fallout Three is. So I mean, can you give me uh, kind of some some highlights from your recent escapades, like uh, like things that you have done? I got a spacesuit and a laser gun. Oh, so you went to the? Uh, oh yeah, to the to, to the rocket factory. Yeah. 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 And that's pretty satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that writes itself. I mean, the game's so kooky at times. Did you go into the Did you go into the basement and find the uh, find the nightkin? Um, the what pin? The what? The, the, the the nightkin? The the cloak? The cloak? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh, killed them all. And that's did difficult. That. Yeah. Yeah, they have what rebar for a weapon? Yeah. Cement, a cement rebar. Mm-hmm. Cement. Yeah, whatever. That um, makes sense. Yeah, sure. It's heavy. It hurts, but I mean, yeah, it's a it's a fun game so far. So I don't. I guess I don't have a lot to say on it yet because I'm kind of in the middle of it. But uh, I will. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts once you get to New Vegas itself. Yeah. Um. Just because the 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 game it really is squarely divided between outside of Vegas and inside of Vegas because from there it really becomes more about playing your uh playing your allegiances against each other. Um. Which wasn't anything that really happened in uh, in in uh, Fallout Three itself, um, and that really ends up being the more interesting part. The frustrating thing is, going down one path will actively close out the others, which makes sense. But instead of saying like this quest is no longer available, it says quest X Y Z failed. No 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, you probably you probably could have found a way to like to make me feel less bad about my decision, but okay. It, you know that mm-hmm. that's an important life skill. No matter what you do in life, kids, you're still a failure. <laughs> uh, um, cool. Did you play any of the downloadable content? No, I did not. Um, I haven't beaten the uh, the the campaign. I dropped it okay. and walked away from it. I'm probably like like two three missions out from the start, um, or, or out from the end rather. <laughs> Um, I, I intend to because I hear it's it's very very good. Um, See that that was just a game that at least from the outside looked like they did downloadable content right in that you know it was something that looks like I would actually want but also could actually afford. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm waiting. You, usually around the holidays, they they put they put a lot of that stuff on sale. So barring any kind of game of the year edition, which I probably wouldn't buy. Um, when they put the, the when they put the DLC on sale, I'll probably go out and snag a card and uh, and and get that. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, I look forward to hearing Merkel's radioactive exploits. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything aside from that, Ben? No, that's about it. Okay. That's... We'll see what happens. Mine'll be quick um, because I've only been I've been playing two games that I've talked about previously. Um, first is Final Fantasy Tactics on the iPhone. Um, nice. Same game. Um, still amazing. Still, it's that kind of game that gets into your head, um, and that is aided by the fact that you can carry it anywhere and everywhere, everywhere with you. It is uh, hurt by the fact that it will destroy your battery in half an hour. <laughs> um, Ooh. Yeah, it's a real battery hog, which is a limitation of the platform. It's a limitation of the fact that I have an older um, uh, iPod Touch 
So it, it, it it's, okay, it's, it's yeah. using it's using up more cycles to uh, to to do what it would normally do. So that's why I, I you know you can only do a couple of rounds, but it really does lend itself to a couple or a couple of rounds or messing around in the in the menus while you're waiting in line. Um, it's perfect for portable. That's the reason why Final Fantasy Tactics Advance One and Two both worked very well. Uh, the one note I will say, I've never played the War of the Lions remake, which is what this is a port of. Um, the, the translation is much better. Um, instead of being in English, it's in this really cool kind of Shakespearean pentameter, which is nice. Um, it's actually it's actually in pentameter. Yes, it is. I am wow. the pentameter. Yes, wow. sir. Yeah, um, a lot of care went into it, and there's just so much fiction. That's awesome. one of those things that I love about the uh, the, the the game world that, that that this takes place in is called Ivalis or Evilis. I've never figured out what the actual word is. Um, Ivalis, but <laughs> but it's the same it's the same world that uh, Final Fantasy twelve and uh, both the tactics tactics advance games in uh, take place in, and also Vagrant Story. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of fiction, and, oh, really? and it's it's one of those things where the 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 fi- the fiction is 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 good enough for me to really want to pay attention to it. Really, the only other like developer publisher that can do that to me is Bioware, and that I will take. How time did and I read know the codex. that whatever we talked about it would somehow get back to the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, not just Mass Effect, Dragon Age too. That's you know? that's the worst thing. <laughs> I lost my Mass Effect save. Uh, I had to start from square one. How is that a bad thing? Blessing in disguise. I hey. never got to see how my decisions played out, and I can't remember all the decisions uh, I made. Well, no, you just go back to it. If you if you if you did what felt natural to you, Dennis, you'll fall right back into the same one. <laughs> wow, yeah, but... I like how this suddenly became like a Disney movie. <laughs> if you just do what feels right in your heart, everything will turn out in the end. <laughs> I'm still yeah. punching her. You still, still what? I'm still punching her. Punching who? Oh, the 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 reporter. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Yeah. Who else? <laughs> there are several people that you can punch uh, throughout the game. Several, <laughs> some of them female. Um, See, so. but only one of them is the person. Okay, right, right. That's okay. That's my bad. That's my bad. It's been it's been uh, more than two weeks since I played through the game, so I'm getting rusty. Um, <laughs> yeah, He's so going through withdrawal as well. <laughs> so yeah, even though it is sixteen dollars, I still recommend it. It's still one of the best games of all time, um, and now it's in your pocket for you to enjoy. Um, about Mass Effect here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait, Mass Effect Portable? This, no, no. Is, this <laughs> is just unfair. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Sorry. Um, and uh, finally, not straying too far from the mold here, takes place in the same series, and in fact, in the same universe, uh, Final Fantasy XII. I've uh, been playing that uh, recently. Everything I said before about it uh, uh, holds true. It is equal parts vexing and fascinating. Um, I've never played a game that was more mysterious, uh, a game that felt bigger. Uh, it's just, it's gigantic. There's just so much to it. Is that uh, the going... one that they introduced the... Um... Oh, massively multiplayer combat mode. Yes. So yeah. In fact, it is. It is basically an MMO with uh, with uh, single without player. people. <laughs> without people, which makes it awesome because huh? I don't like the people in an MMO. Um, <laughs> no. So like instead, like like when you go to level grind, you don't like walk around on the world map and wait for random battles. Like it really does become like an MMO where you pick a dungeon that you're going to go to and you clear the dungeon. Because all battle takes place in the in the in the field of you know running around, um, and you're the you're the only person that you control, and your party members you program them you program them with things called gambits. Um, you really are <laughs> awesome. 
walking walking through these these dungeons and clearing them and there's a the, you know the, it incentivizes killing like big strings of one one enemy uh so mm. like instead of like enemies dropping uh money it drop they, they they drop like pieces so like if you kill a skeleton you'll get like bone fragments or you'll get like some other equipment or something like that. and all of that goes into uh, your loot bag and then you go to a merchant and then you sell out of your loot and that's how you get money so it's not uh. like oh i killed the spider and there's money for some reason <laughs> um and then that has its own thing like as you sell different combinations of of uh of loot different things open up in the bazaar b-a-z-a-a-r yeah. Um, and, That's uh, a thing. and, uh, and then you don't know what they are, but you can buy them. So it becomes a thing where you have to sell the right combinations of things in order to unlock like some of the best equipment in the game. Okay. Um, and just, there, there's just like so much that can be like gamed. Like I was, I was hitting a wall. So I looked up, I thought, okay, okay. So how can I power game this part of the game? Because it's a game that's impossible to play without a guide. I, I, I assert that and I, and I will stand by it. So I said, okay, walk around this one area, kill 20 wolves in a row, then a special wolf will show up, and then have all of your characters steal from him, and then kill him, but run out before the um, experience point kicks up, then walk back in, he'll be respawned with the item, and then you steal a bunch of these special kind of knives, and then you're then you're good to go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I... You know, is, it, is it bad that when you mentioned um, bone shards, I, I flash back to EverQuest? No, no, it, it's not bad. In fact, that's exactly what I was thinking of too. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's exactly that kind of game. I, on one level, I know that it's bad. Like, it's not good design for all that stuff to be shrouded behind there. But on the other hand, I, I kind of love it because it's a sense of discovery every time you go about it. Uh, but yeah, I... <laughs> You know, several years ago, I probably wouldn't have recommended this to somebody. But if you're the kind of person who has a lot of patience, um, <laughs> definitely warrants going back and at least taking a look at. Because a, it has one of the best stories in a Final Fantasy game. Because it, almost like the like the main character, the protagonist, he has nothing to do with the with the with the actual story. He exists. Really? He exists only a to be your observer for the events that happen, um, and b for a re you know for everybody to have a reason in a cutscene to explain something about the culture of this world or history or events so he says well what's so and so and they say okay so the mist is you know etc etc yeah. then they explain this isn't concept. that what people complained about in the most recent final fantasy that your character didn't matter uh no i i i wouldn't know i think that the most the, the biggest complaint about the most recent final fantasy would, would have been the linearity um but dennis would have more to say about that yeah, I don't remember any of the characters mattering, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the characters matter. It's just, you know, the people who would have been the supporting characters are actually the protagonists. But not even the protagonists, because, like, it's all about, like, politics between these two kingdoms and stuff. I don't know, it's a, it's definitely a, an exercise in fiction. <laughs> My one other thing that I'll say, and I might let this issue die for a little while, because, uh, because I don't want to talk about too many episodes in a row. Uh, this game, I mean. Uh, but but uh, the gambit system is is rapidly growing on me because you know the kind of the decisions that you would have made if you're doing it turn by turn to begin with like okay will I attack or will I see that this character is low on health and I will heal or will I you know heal or will I see okay this enemy is now weak to fire and use fire what you do is before you go into a battle and even in the middle of the battle you have different slots think uh Dennis think the uh the tactic slots in um mm -hmm. Dragon Age mm 
Yeah. Um, you have these different things where you can set different parameters. So you're basically putting if then statements. So if enemy or if ally meets these conditions, do this action, and then you prioritize them. So you put in number one, you know, if, if, if an ally is, you know, less than this, this amount of health heal. And then it, when it gets that and nobody meets that condition, they'll go to the second one, which is if party leader is attacking somebody, attack that enemy. And the you know for the for the rank and file running through the actual areas and killing mooks the gameplay it's not that you know difficult i mean it's not that necessary because really just attack heal attack heal but uh the bosses do a really good job of throwing kinks into your uh into your uh strategy into your plan all about the kinks yeah <laughs> specifically like uh, there's one boss who's flying so flying enemies can't be hit by melee weapons have to be hit by ranged but the problem is ranged weapons don't do a lot of damage at least not enough to uh to hit uh or at least not enough to kill a boss um in any satisfactory amount of time so it becomes about okay so who do i make support and who do i you know have spam spells spam spells spam mm-hmm. spells spam spells spam spells um and you know and the support people have their type of magic <laughs> and who do i have you know spam ethers on them so you know it basically <laughs> says okay this tactic that you've been using or that you have gotten used to using that won't work anymore so you now have to think on your feet and you're going to have to you know try and die several times uh before you get hmm. it right but when you do it'll be pretty neat very cool so, yeah, i remember it being really annoying cuz you'd get your your I'll call them tactics because I have experience with Dragon Age, but mm-hmm. you kind of find a system that works with your party, but then when you have to go rearrange it for a boss, there was no way to like save your default <sighs> configuration. Yeah. And so it always took forever to go back and forth. Can you can you kind of have several uh, priority lists in no, this? No, or... you can't do favorites, oh, which man. is bad. But fortunately, I like fiddling in menus. Yeah, so... <laughs> So it's win-win. Um, yeah. So any questions about Final Fantasy XII? Um, if, uh, I probably won't be talking about it, even though I will be playing uh, it in the future. With, with these kind of reviews, why would I ever buy another PS3? I'll just, I'll just, there's so much to explore uh, a generation back. No, I think that's just in general. Old games can still hold a lot of cachet. Mm-hmm. There's still a reason to play them. episode number 125 of stand under the don't tree and riddle me this a podcast about video games what can you do your homework uh, i haven't talked about this in a while but if you have the means uh, you can go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash donate and uh, kick a couple of bucks our way to help pay for uh, bandwidth hosting equipment all of those uh, kind of things entirely unnecessary uh, but if you feel the goodness in your heart that is something that you can do to to help us out um our shows will always remain free they won't go anywhere if you don't donate so that's all good um other things you can do you can go to itunes and search for us um and leave us a review or rate us that is all very much appreciated and um needed even uh that helps more people see the show um and gets more people to listen Otherwise, you can just subscribe and tell your friends. I've been keeping the run times below um, an hour and 20 minutes recently. So if you want to, you can burn a CD. If you have a friend who is video game inclined but not really sure of what these podcast things are, they exist, I know, um, you can uh, give them the CD. You know, tell them, hey, check these guys out. Can you guys think of any other homework for them? 
just keep being awesome. Yeah, do it. You're great. You're doing. And great. forgive forgive me for my absence. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> hey, if I understand, they can understand. I'll make them. <laughs> I will understand for them. <laughs> so for stand under the don't tree and riddle me this. This has been Cole Ross, Dennis Furia, David Meisman, and Ben Merkel. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, coming along. It's good to have us all back together.